If you have your Bible, please open to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, we'll begin reading in verse 13 and we'll read through verse 27. Matthew 16, beginning in verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Just a couple of quick thoughts from this as we go to prayer. Um, first, a warning that uh, I think is good for all of us to, to heed. Uh, we know that Simon Peter tends to be a little bold and brash. He uh, often thinks before he speaks, or speaks before he thinks. Let me make sure I get that right. Um, and he can kind of stick his foot in his mouth. He does that on a number of occasions, um, and I think he does that here. Uh, right after uh, answering this question about who is the identity of the Messiah, or who, who, you know, who is the identity of Jesus, he comes out saying, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So this is a big moment for Peter here. Um, and Jesus turns and says to him, obviously, look, blessed are you, Simon. You know, you, you didn't figure this out on your own. God is the one who made this known to you. You couldn't have come up with this unless God shown it, had shown it to you. And so here's Peter making this confession of Christ as the Messiah, the Son of God. And then Jesus talks about how, you know, on this rock, whether that's Peter or the, or, you know, the confession he made, he's talking about building his church and hell will not overcome it you know you'll have the keys of the kingdom and so for Peter here at this point it seems like things are going pretty well for him 
But then we get to the next section, beginning in verse 21, and then Jesus transitions and starts talking about how uh, he's going to have to, to be killed, he's going to suffer, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And so, enter Peter again, fresh off his spiritual triumph, if you will, of proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah. And now look at the turn. And let, let the language of what Peter says shock us just a little bit. He's, when it says, and Peter took him aside, that's Jesus. He took the Lord Jesus, who is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, took that one aside and began to rebuke him. Began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. What will never happen? The cross, the suffering. That won't happen to you because Messiahs don't suffer. So what does Jesus do? He turns to Peter and instead of saying, Blessed are you, look what the Father has revealed. He says, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You're setting your mind on the things of man not the things of God. And I say this as a warning for us because I've just found it to be a truth in my own life, something that, and, and some of you may can, can identify with this, anytime it seems like I have gotten some big understanding of God, I've had some really big spiritual experience where I just feel full of God, I feel full of the Word, I'm, you know, I'm ready to talk about God, I'm ready to share the Gospel. It seems like in those moments is when temptations are the strongest to, to sin. Anybody else? I mean, I don't think I'm the only one with that. And so I think we need to heed the warning that's implicit in this passage that at our spiritually highest moments, we can also be at our spiritually weakest and most vulnerable. And here's Peter, like I said, fresh off making this amazing confession that God had enabled him to make. And then almost in the next breath, he's rebuking Jesus. And so let's be warned by the temptation to some of the sins that we struggle with the most. For Peter, it was pride um, and, and other things. For you, it might be something different. Anger, um, despondency, lust, whatever it may be. Be aware of how those things can become the greatest temptation right in the midst and right after some big spiritual moments. So that's a warning. A second thing... Um, a second thing is a mindset, is a mindset that we need to have. And it's setting our mind on the things of God, not on the things of man. Um, and, and what is it that we need to set our minds on? Jesus goes in um, in verse 24 to talk about that when he says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? The mindset that we need is on the things of God. And specifically, we need to have our minds continually brought back to Jesus, his cross, and his resurrection. It's kind of like that's the focal point for everything else of godliness. If we don't stay centered in his cross and in his resurrection, which he's teaching his disciples here, if we don't stay centered in that, if that's not the, the, the heartbeat of our mindset, then we run the risk of setting our mind on the things of man. You know, in the things of man, um, if we want to expand out on that, there's a lot of things we can think about that aren't necessarily bad things. 
I mean, our families, our jobs, um, you know, Georgia football sometimes, um, other things like that that aren't necessarily bad things, but if they are, if those things are what, what are at the center of what our mindset is, then we're not set on the things of God. And what Jesus, and part of Peter's problem is he, he wasn't seeing Jesus the way he needed to. And, and sometimes we don't see Jesus the way we need to. We don't keep his cross and resurrection central because other things become central to us. And so we get into what Jesus says, uh, a commitment out of this mindset that we have to, and I'm going to borrow from uh, Luke and his gospel, not just one time, but daily take up our cross and follow him. Luke actually uses the word daily. And so when we think of this mindset that produces a commitment here, Jesus again says, if you want to come after him, we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for his sake will find it. And so he's, he's calling us to deny a life measured by this world, a life set on the things of this world, to a life set on the things of God. So it's not like self-denial means no joy. It's not like self-denial means there's no such thing as happiness. It's, you know, we, at least in, in, in America, we tend to think self-denial means you're giving up what you love. It's going to be drudgery. It's just going to be hard. And it does involve difficulty. But Jesus is calling us to a greater joy, a longer-lasting happiness and satisfaction that we can't get with the things of this world. And if we set our mind on the things of God... Instead of the things of man, we keep Christ and his cross central, then denying ourselves is actually the pursuit of our joy. Here's what I mean. Earlier in Matthew chapter 13, a very similar language in Jesus' parables, he says, it's in uh, verse 44, a one-verse parable, says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That's self-denial. He's denying himself everything he had for something better. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at here. When we lay down the world, we lay down our lives so that we can find our lives in him, we actually haven't lost anything. We've actually gained immeasurably more. And so that's why there's a warning here that in our greatest moments, let's beware of our temptation and our weak points and then a mindset that we need to have is set on the things of God with the cross and resurrection of Jesus at the center. Um, and so if we will do that, then we set ourselves on a path of even greater joy, uh, even if it means struggle in this world. Um, so as we go to prayer, you know, just evaluate your own heart. Know and ask God to help you see the places where you're weak so that when those moments of temptation come, they don't overtake you, but you're ready for them. You're ready for them. You're ready to resist. You're ready to fight. And also the other thing is let's pray that God would help us have our minds set on the things of God with the cross and resurrection of Jesus at the center of it. So I'll give us a few moments to pray and then I'll close.
Our Heavenly Father, God, open our eyes to see our weakest points. Lord, the points where we are vulnerable, especially after, Lord, encountering you and experiencing you in a new way, in a powerful, even life-changing way. God, whether it's being led to some greater understanding of a, a truth in the Bible, a greater grasp of your grace, Lord, being a part of seeing someone else grow. Lord, we have vulnerable moments, Lord, even as Peter did. And so, Lord, help us be on guard against our flesh and our weakness and the, the temptation of sin in those moments. And, Lord, I pray that, that there be those in this room who would even experience victory, Lord, this week in areas where they have previously only experienced defeat. God, and I pray for all of us as well that we would have our minds set on the things of God, even more specifically at the center of that, on Christ, His cross, and His resurrection. God, we know that there's a whole lot more we think about beyond the cross and beyond the resurrection, but everything relates back to Him. And so, Lord, help us keep that at the forefront because that's what we identify with. That defines who we are. Lord, that is what helps us remember that denying ourselves to follow Jesus, it's ultimately not giving up joy, it's a pursuit of joy. And so God, help us this week to set our minds on the things of God, not on the things of man. Lord, even good things in this world that you give as good gifts, help us not set our minds on those things, but on you and on your son and what he's done for us. And Lord, may that be the foundation that we stand on, and the fuel for all we do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.